Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motor, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai. Great new inventory. Fabulous line of pre-owned inventory. The best with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Check it all out. Great deals to be had. It's a great time to buy. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15. Ian Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. The other day, uh, we had a replacement in, and I called for the play-by-play call today, and I, I got nothing. Oops. <laughs> then later on, we went back to the play-by-play call of the day, and we had a series of Shikolami highlights. <laughs> felt like I felt like I was listening to a resume tape. All right, uh, let the, uh, our play-by-play call of the day. Most of you had no idea who plays for the Orlando Magic, and those were all the players that were dealt today. So that's why nobody knows who got traded. Here's one of them, Evan Fournier. In his last game with the Magic, free at last, free at last. He's on to the Celtics. He's free at last. Nucevic figures to be the primary target here, but keep an eye on this guy. Stand Stand follow. On the drive, throws it up off the glass, gets the spin. He can't foul here. So DeAndre's trying to stay off, and I think because of that, kind of lost his step and really couldn't challenge it. Just a quick reminder, Orlando does have an NBA team. Uh, <laughs> most it's, it's like the seven. Okay, let's do a trivia question. Name a Sacramento King. All right. Uh, so here we go. Um, well, Dante Exum. That's the only one I can do. I mean, fifth overall pick in the draft by the Utah Jazz. I never understood why he got picked. And based on his career, somebody was right. All right. Um, <clears throat> I mean, that's the fifth overall pick in the draft? Sat back and went, you got to be kidding me. Remember when he got picked, I was like, are you kidding me? But that's the way it goes. That's that league. That league is a really interesting league. (sighs) Highly hyped, highly publicized, and most of the people still don't know who the players are. Right? Think about it. Exactly. I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, you think about you think about that league, and I mean, Orlando has the second worst record in the East. By the way, it's only the only team that's worse than them is uh, the Detroit Pistons. But when you look at the Orlando Magic, I mean, the only I mean, yeah, Shaq played for them. But here's one for you. I mean. Name their head coach. Who's the head coach of the Orlando Magic? Yeah, got nothing. 
No, he's it's Steve Clifford. He used to be the head coach of the Hornets. But I'm just saying that nobody can name anything about these teams. I mean, sir, I mean, that's a big problem you have. Despite all the publicity this league gets over and over and over and over, you can't name basics about them. The Celtics you know something about. Sixers we know a lot about. The Lakers we know a lot about. Maybe the Heat. Maybe a little bit about the Raptors. The Warriors, obviously. The Nets. Who knows? I mean, who's the head coach of the Chicago Bulls? It's actually easy. It's Billy Donovan. Oh right, he let, he, yeah, yeah. He, he left. He left. He left Oklahoma City. But I'm saying, but this is the state of the league. I mean, everybody knows Matt Nagy's the head coach of the Bears. The NBA, with all the publicity they get from ESPN and Woj. Let's face it, Woj is is he is phenomenal at covering this league. I think. He's a lot like Adam Schefter. He's phenomenal. I mean, you feel like he's got the pulse of the league everywhere. But no, I mean, no. You know, obviously I know a lot about the Nuggets because Calvin's the GM. So I follow them a lot more than I have before because Calvin's the GM there. Calvin Booth I'm talking about. Oh, well. With that, we bring in the uh, great Frank Bodani. It's always great to have you on the show, my friend. Welcome back. Good afternoon, Steve. Longtime Steelers fan. I'm hoping they somehow can finagle Pat Fryermuth into their well, into their team. Oh, they took a long look at him today. So did Mike. Did. Mike took a long look at him. Joe Judge took a long, long look at him too. So, because yeah. you need somebody to catch those more four yard passes, right? Yeah, I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Please, um, what, what a what a between. Watching Penn State and then the, at the beginning of the year and the Steelers at the end of the year was sort of a football, very tough, tough, tough season, Steve. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, today was pro day. Uh, yes. BTN carried it live. Uh, I think one of the best things I can say about pro day today is I didn't see anything you didn't expect to see, I mean, which, I, which is a good thing. You expected oh, way to have mind-numbing numbers. You expected Parsons to have mind-numbing numbers. You expected Tony to do well. You expected Pat Fryermuth to be a great route runner. And uh, you know you expected Shaka Tony to do great things, and Lamont Wade did, did his thing. It wasn't anything really that was surprising. No, I think it was almost, you know, you just needed to kind of get that stamp of approval from guys like Mike and Jason like st- yeah. meaning something bad doesn't happen or they don't not look the part the way we think they should which they did so they're on their they're on their way i mean they handled their business they did what they were supposed to do and which is intriguing especially for those two guys because they could both both i mean especially with the way Jason kept up his uh notoriety and the testing and what scouts think he can be. I mean, I think he's very much going to... I'd be surprised almost if he doesn't end up at the end of the first round. Now. Yeah, I think this is the kind of deal with him. You know, well, with all of them. 
with all. I think one of the most important things is that when everybody has known over time that you can put up eye-popping numbers and then you go out and you do it, Right. Hey, you've done the expected. Doing the expected, you know, when you already have expectations is really good. Well, and all eyes on you. I mean, Micah hasn't played a game in 15 right. months, so in some ways he hasn't competed in front of people, that, and even in this way for that long, True. in a sense. So for him to be able to go out and, and do that, a big thing, you know, and um, everybody's talked up Jason so much with some of these testing, yeah. uh, and he goes out and does it in front of everybody. So, and you just look at the guy, and you know there's a lot more there. Yes. I mean, it just enforces this. For him to be able to do that shuttle run faster than guys like Lamont Wade, I mean, that's just the way he can turn and move on a dime like that at his size. It's just, you know. It's remarkable. Incredible. It's remarkable. Yet during all this, it was just, like for me, there was just one moment of, like, I just felt awful about it. When they're running the 40s, you know, the, the one guy I thought of, boy, Journey Brown would have put up a number today. You know, and that's, yeah, and that, that's, that's, right. the, that's the guy I thought about right away because, you know, anybody who's around him, you think the world of him. You know, the second year around him, I was like, oh, man, because I mean, a couple of years ago he ran 4.29. So, <laughs> you don't think well, that, yeah, yeah, you're right. And Journey, see, like, unlike – Micah and Jason. I mean, he had hype coming into Penn State, but in a sense, it almost wasn't. It wasn't the same. He had to work his way, kind of, just to where he was on their level, as far as like here's the star, and then he doesn't get to do it. So it's yeah, I know. That's just, it's just one of those things that crossed my mind of like, oh, yeah. that's just. Yeah, but 31 teams were here today. The Rams aren't going to anybody's combines. I mean, that's that's you know, that's actually standard. I don't think a lot of people realize that. But mm-hmm. they, they weren't even going to go to Indianapolis. I don't think. Uh, oh. If if they had had Indianapolis, I don't think they're going to go. I think they they changed their philosophy on that. Um, so all right. So spring practice to this point. I know the last time we talked, um, you know, we talked about there's four in. I mean, there isn't a lot of information out there. Right now, and uh, as as time goes along, again, you continue to look at various spots. We talked about quarterback. What about the running back situation? How do you view that? Well, I think it's uncertain in a good way because you have enough options that if you go through it one by one, I'm not sure if any one guy is okay. He's going to be like Journey Brown was supposed to be. Right. But yet they all have a big upside to them just in different ways you know if if Noah Kane can be healthy and stay healthy you know um if Devin Ford can kind of turn the corner into the talent you know he was recruited as if the two freshmen you know what I'm saying is that there's but that there's it's so stacked that some of that's going to come together I don't know which parts of what I just mentioned will but they're in good hands because they have four and five guys that can do it, and two of them aren't going to be true freshmen. There's a, there's another one too in this. Let's go to wide receiver. John Dotson's a given. Uh, I think Parker Washington showed a lot. There were flashes from uh, Keandre Lambert Smith as a true freshman. As a true freshman, what do you think his upside can be? Well, it's an interesting one because wide receivers, you know, you've seen recently at Penn State where they've had guys that have been very highly recruited that have not worked out at all. (laughs) So 
he's highly recruited. Now I think he might be a different in a, fall in a different category. I think he did make progress. You could see that. You you, you hear he's a hard worker. I mean, I think his uh, upside is is big, but you know, until you see it at that position, because it's a position where um, all the hype in the world, all of a sudden, the guy the guy struggles. He can't catch the ball. I mean, you, and he's in the spotlight. You've seen it how many times? I, I mean, know. get back to Brian Johnson, to Mike Jasicki, to and then you know, a lot of times those guys recover, but you just until they do it and do it regularly, you don't know. And he's the big. He's the X factor to me because everybody else behind him completely unproven. You only got the two guys in front of him. He, he, you know, he really needs to, to come through. You need more than two wide receivers for sure. Brian Johnson struggled so much his first two years. Drive Johnson, his the end of his career was fabulous. His his junior and senior years. That's why he ended up being a first round pick by the Cardinals. It got so tough his sophomore year that Joe for a week moved him to corner. And it was yeah, a, I think he changed his uniform number too. Even yeah, he changed. He was what twenty four. He changed to seven or something like that, or seven to twenty four, whatever it was. Sure. And but he moved him to corner. And the first day he's out there, and I think he kind of had to look like, okay, how long is this going to last? And then the second day he's still out there. Then Wednesday he's still a corner. I think it's set in at that point. Like, hey, wait a minute, I I need to turn this around because they're going to keep me here. <laughs> Well, the, and these are all high-end guys, right? I mean, to a yeah. lesser extent, it was the same thing for Allen Robinson and Chris Godwin went to a lesser extent, but they couldn't – their issue only was at the beginning of their careers, they didn't maybe make the toughest catches. Yeah. They couldn't hold on to them. But then when they got over that, they were like the others. Then all of a sudden they couldn't miss. I mean, every, they caught everything. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Condre – a lot of uh, a lot of good vibes coming out of it. We'll we'll see where that goes. And I think it does. The Penn State situation opens up for another rookie like Parker Washington to come in and make an impact because it's not a filled room in a sense of proven commodity. So one of the young guys. I mean, if they if Lonnie if, if Lonnie White decides to play football, Steve, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you're talking about something special, right? Yeah, because Lonnie White is also a fabulous baseball prospect too. We'll know in July, I guess. Yeah. We'll know in July. Um, so now let's bring it to the next part. Since Pat Fryer move worked out today, he didn't end up finishing the season because he did get banged up. So we had a long look at Brenton Strange. We had a long look at Theo Johnson. In watching them, what did you think? I think they're, you, you, you need, I don't know, in, the, in this day and age in football, the Big Ten, you need more than one standout tight end to really be as effective as you need. Both of them are going to be that. I mean, I think you heard more about Theo. I think at the end of last season, he seems like, yeah, he's, he's, he's really the part. But both of them together, no matter who might be a little better at this, both of them together, I think, show the possibility of being really tough to handle uh really tough to handle and the third guy is the guy i'm really interested to see where he goes because a lot of times you're thinking okay is there even room for three tight ends well if they're good enough there might be yeah and tyler warren i mean Mm -hmm. ever since he was recruited by them fascinating how they got him and his previous position and you you know so uh, as soon as Bill O'Brien got to, to Penn State, it's always, I don't know, it just seems like we have such a focus on tight ends and for the right reasons. And if you could get 
both I mean both both Brenton and, and Theo are going to be big parts of this offense. There's no reason not to think it, and that's going to make it probably a little easier on that wide receiver group we just talked about. Uh, we talked about that part now, of course, with Owe and Parsons, obviously. It's defensive end and linebacker uh, along the way. When you look at Tony, and Tony, by the way, had one of the great quotes today, as a matter of fact. Uh, they asked him about competing next to Parsons and Owe. He says, look, you can't compete with freaks of nature. <laughs> right, right. Uh, very, very true. But still, Tony and Owe have to be replaced at the end spot. Who are you looking at? You know, at least initially, that you know, after observing them, you think they have a shot to, to step in and play those spots. Well, I mean, they're getting at least they went out, they got a potential starter in the transfer market. Okay, and then you have Adisa Isaac, who needs to then take a step up and be the second starter. Um, and then Nick Tarburton's getting talked about, but yeah. really, you need more than than those two guys, and and. You know, and I'm and I'm and I'm I'm not going to try to pronounce the, the the guy's name from Temple quite yet. Ar- Arnold Ibikiti. I love that's I love how that rolled off your tongue. That was perfect. Thank okay, you. so him and Adisa, you know, you can pencil them, in, but you need more than two, and you don't really know those two guys haven't done it in the Big Ten as right. starters yet. So there's going to be question marks until September. It doesn't matter what names you throw out there. Um. That's that's to me probably the biggest question. I I I think it's the biggest question mark on the team because they their pass rush has struggled getting to the quarterback, and all of a sudden you remove the guys you just mentioned. You have unproven Big Ten players that are going to be manning these positions. Nick hasn't been able to stay healthy, so biggest huge question mark. Now if Akeem Beeman, maybe they. Maybe they move him around a little bit too, right? Maybe he right. plays a little bit on the end, or mm-hmm. there's other things that can happen. Um, but that's, yeah, to me, that's the biggest question mark on the team. Uh, that, and of course, another guy is Micah Parsons, who said today, I feel like I'm the most versatile player in this class. He was asked about his opt out decision. He said, Look, the, the Big Ten, they had an, uh, an unknown on the season. With COVID spiking, I thought there was a chance that they would cancel it again. Honestly, I I did want to come back, but my family made the decision, and I was already too late. I was already training. I've just been training since September all the way out to now. I'm just glad that this whole training thing is done. Uh, But he still has to be replaced in all this. Now, they, of course, tried to replace him last year in the scheme. What are you looking at uh, defensively? Because they go into spring, and they're in the spring right now knowing they don't have him as opposed to adjusting after not having him. Well, I mean, you know, they're going to need they're gonna, again. You know, we're talking about defensive ends and someone like Adisa Isaac. Well, Curtis Jacobs is like that guy too. Yeah. yeah, he's a five-star guy. He's played, but he hasn't been a starter. He's so you you could have two five-star whatever you make of that term starting right. Mm-hmm. But between if if Curtis can take that next step and you have him and Brandon Smith on the field, I mean that's a good place to begin and then you fill in the other pieces you know if Curtis can make that step up because that's such a huge position for anybody's defense especially at Penn State and Brent Pye and Brandon Smith who made progress at the end of the year I mean I don't know it's a position that 
I could see it going a couple ways. That those young guys take a little longer to get developed than they than you than you'd like them to. If Jesse Lakeda doesn't kind of him and Ellis Brooks don't maybe do you know take their kind of whatever step they can make as experienced players, then you could start to be asking some questions. Or but but the talent's there. I mean, I I think that the talent is there. I just I, I got to see it. I got to see, you know, to me, the key is, is a guy like Curtis. Yeah. And I think Brandon's well on his way. In the, sec- in, in, in the second half of last season, what did you see from Brandon Smith? I think there is a more, um, he, he, things were starting to slow down for him. It looked like that he was, his instincts, he was trusting them more. And he wasn't just flying to the ball, flying to where he thinks, the ball might be and, and maybe overrunning the play or not being right. where he needs to be. He was getting to where he needs to be, and all of a sudden your numbers go up suddenly. Wow, that's that's a coincidence, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, he starts posting big numbers, I think, because he starts being able to see where he needs to be, and, not, and his athleticism wasn't just uncontrolled a little bit. I mean, he's a guy who's going to have to rein it in. Right, because he has a little tendency to go a little hard sometimes. I think after the whistle, which is okay. But I think if he, you know, continues on the path at the end of the season, he's going to be he's going to be fine. He's going to be good. It is always enjoyable talking with you. I really appreciate Thanks. the time very much, Frank. It's a lot of fun as always. Yes, look forward to keeping up, and we'll we'll um, hopefully talk again before the end of the end of the spring season. We absolutely will, Frank. Thank you, my friend. My best to you and your family. Yes. Oh, thank you. You you as well. Enjoy the rest of the week, Steve. Take care. All right. That is uh, Frank Bodani, York Daily Record. Dave Cicchini is going to join us tomorrow at 3.15. Brad Nessler at 3.35. Uh, suit on the after show on IndyCar. I, he thought that would be a big draw. Sorry. I, I okay. The card. No, no. I, I just read the card the way he wrote it. Uh no, I I had lived. I left out the incredible suit. Uh, back with more in a moment. Here <laughs> on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Uh, I this large envelope that the suit had that had questions in it for Mike Tomlin. <laughs> I did what I was asked. I gave it to him. 
He looked at me, he says, Steve, I said, is there a filing cabinet here? I said, yeah, there's one in the corner. So he went over to the circular one and, and put it there. All right, so um, <laughs> I ate the show. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, great new inventory, fabulous pre-owned inventory. Great time to buy it too. It's a great time to get some deals. And the sales staff's going to work with you. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. NBA trade deadline came and went at 3 o'clock. LeBron is still a Laker. Steph Curry is still with Golden State. Joel Embiid is still with the Sixers. Giannis is still with Milwaukee. Those are the highlights. I thought I hit all the all the good stuff. No good! No good! No good! Does Bucknell have a Hall of Fame? Yes, uh, Mike Piscala was just inducted into it last year. Can I nominate Doug? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not joking. It's um, not a joke. I don't know. I'd have to ask. Can I, can I nominate Doug? I'm sure that would be seriously considered if you talk to the right people. Should be seriously considered. Because he does so much, you know... Athletes come and go. With all due respect, Nate, coaches come and go. <laughs> I'm glad you're here right now. Um, you know, Dave Paulson, of course, had been here before that. But Doug's been here the whole time. He's been a constant. You know, Joe Susan was marvelous. Dave Cicchini's doing a nice job. All right? Doug's been here the whole time. Doug does so much to promote Bucknell Athletics. In such a wonderful way that I'm glad they have that. That's cool. They have a Hall of Fame. That's great. I want to nominate Doug. Now I'm going to put a lot of public pressure on them. <laughs> Lots of public pressure. Uh, <laughs> uh, thought I, you know. I think yeah, I think I think Doug should be there. It's just me. That's me. All right. Uh Dick Stockton, speaking of announcers, great announcers. Dick Stockton retired today after being uh in the broadcast booth for fifty five years. Years, 55 years. And, you know, that includes a lot with Fox along the way. Um, and he obviously had a lot of great moments, great calls, things like that uh, in his career. Without doubt, one of the great moments was very early in his career. 
he had he had really not done baseball before. And the Red Sox decided that they were going to split up their radio and TV teams. And when they did that, they moved Ned Martin to radio. And when they did that, Dick Stockton became the play-by-play guy for TV at the age of 32. And Ken Harrelson, who just retired, was the color analyst. So in 1975, he gets a telegram because back then NBC would use in a few innings here and there the home team announcer. So Marty Brenneman was the select announcer for the Reds. And they asked Dick Stockton that he would be part of the broadcast of games one and six. And they were going to pay him five hundred dollars per game. And not and told him not to wear anything blue because that's not what NBC had. So he's in the booth when Carlton Fisk comes to the plate in the bottom of the twelfth inning in Fenway against Pat Darcy. Dick Stockton with the call on NBC. That was his call, the Carlton Fisk home run in game six. He said it was one of the, obviously one of the great moments ever. But he was, you know, he was the guy in the booth at the time. And it was a phenomenal call all the way through. Uh, And very simple, too. base three times. Actually was safe on a fourth play. Been retired uh, once tonight on a bouncing ball of short in the seventh. Here's Fisk. Poor Pat Dorsey has to relive this. <laughs> and the wind blowing out. We've had three homers tonight all the right field or right or center field. Carbos was to dead center. The other two to right. There's a ball. Everybody thinks it's the first pitch of the inning. This is what happens when you have like great moments. You know, you don't just win two in your entire lifetime. There it goes, a long drive. If it stays fair, home run. You know, like, we will have a seventh game in this 1975 World Series. 
Dick Stockton, 55 years in the business. Notice the ability that Dick Stockton had. Now, again, he's 32 years of age. It's his first season really doing baseball. The home run happens. What did he do? He laid out. Let the picture take over. Fisk sprinting around the bases. You know, jumping at home plate, the whole deal. He laid out, which is what you have to do. 55 years in the business. A lot with Fox, of course, of late. Yeah, it's his call. He's 78 now. He decided to retire today. Um, and in typical 70s and 80s Red Sox fashion, they lost Game 7. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> Sixty-seven, seventy-five, eighty-six. Game seven? No. No, well. But great career. Great career. Never had a chance to meet him. Never. I don't even think I was in the same room with him ever. I don't recall ever being in the same room with him. But, uh, yeah. All those years with Fox. He called a lot of Eagles games with Fox. He probably, like, couldn't stand it. No, I, there, I had some memorable moments with him. Particularly um, when the Eagles beat the Falcons when Michael Vick was big at the time. McNabb had just come back from the ankle injury in the 2002 divisional round. when the, at, That was the year they lost to Tampa Bay. There you go. That's the one game that comes out to me the most. But there are there are many others I remember. This wasn't something where like you had to take medication when it was over with. No, no, that was that was the week. That would be the week after. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you get emotional. Not as much now, but I did. I did when I was oh, younger. Oh, now you're calm. <laughs> now you're calm. <laughs> really? I tell you, I, I was a maniac when I was younger. So this is calm. <laughs> Compared to then, yes. Oh, how fortunate Lisa is. She's got the calm map. Sad, I know. <laughs> this is calm. Oh, my goodness. Crazy. Hey, 55 years in the business. Well, all credit. A lot, of course, obviously. No, he did the NBA calls. For CBS for years, he was the lead guy in CBS. Um, I remember when Gar Hurd hit a shot in Game Six. Uh, Mendy Rudolph got attacked by some idiot Celtics fan, and Dick Stockton was on the call of that. He was on a call for a lot of the Bird Magic games. He's had a great career. We said somebody would- call in and say he did the Sixers' last championship in '83, and that's right. Yes, he did. It was on CBS. Yep. Yep, he did that. Uh, Sixers with, uh, what, in 83, they needed, what, only, thir- what, 13 games? They had two sweeps and a 4-1? to one. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, with Moses Malone, Dr. J, Bobby Jones, Andrew Tony, Mo Cheeks. Not even my team I can name the starting lineup. A lot of good players there. A lot of good players. Was Daryl Daryl Dawkins was on that team, right? Was Daryl Dawkins on that team? Uh, I'm going to say yes. 
Because you know his son Nick's here right now. I mean, Daryl Dawkins has passed away, but his son Nick Dawkins is one of the offensive linemen here. Ah, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Let me see. Just might as well do it the simple way. We'll just look it up. See when Daryl Dawkins was with them. Daryl Dawkins. Okay. Uh, playing career. Uh, 75 to 95. Played with. No, he was not on that Sixers team. Okay. He was with the, Net, he was with the Nets that year. 75 to 82 is with the Sixers. Then he went to the Nets. Then Utah. Then Detroit. Then a lot of overseas stuff. He's with the Globetrotters at one point. Very cool. But yeah, he's a. Of course, he passed away in 2015. His son, Nick, is now here as one of the offensive line. Where's number 66? Just so you know. Okay. Uh, and by the way, uh, his son, Nick, has been making progress here. He has been making, he's definitely been making progress here. Yeah, he, he passed away, what, it's almost uh, five and a half years ago in Allentown. And, uh, and the cause of death, unfortunately, was a heart attack. Uh, so. Doug sent me a text. He says um, he's on the Hall of Fame committee. And Bob Beeler, and by the way, who's the current voice of Boise State. Bob's, Bob was very good. Bob did a lot of, uh, I want to say Westwood One stuff uh, along the way. And now he's the current voice of Boise State. Never heard Bob do Boise State games. Uh, they put him up for the Bucknell Hall of Fame. He's one of the, he's the one that really got things going and was here for 13 years. In my opinion, he is the only voice of the Bison. Um, very kind, but au contraire, mon frere. No. Yeah, um, Bob did a great job. Doug does a great job. They both should be in the Bucknell Hall of Fame. They both should be. Simple as that. And I remember when Bob was at Bucknell. I remember Bob being there. I remember what a great job he did. I also remember Bob doing some stuff for uh, uh, Westwood. And uh, I've heard Bob do Boise State. You know, because in Sirius, you can hear everybody now. Bob does a good job. Um, now, ask Bob to spell fouled. Not so sure on the spot he could do it. F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells fouled. Now, that's a Hall of Famer. Back with more in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. I'm the type of guy that if I set my mind to it, I can do it. I feel like that's that's what my body of work is. You know, I'm, I'm gonna work hard. I'm gonna compete, and if I want to do something, I'm gonna set my mind to it. I'm gonna do it. And I feel like a lot of people can't say that their best years of football, their real best years of football, are ahead of them, and I really can't say that. 
You know, I think the biggest kind of, you know, a misconception out there is that I'm a one-speed route runner. I think, you know, I showed today that, you know, I have some wiggle in me, and obviously, you know, I can change up my pace in the routes. Um, you know, I can get in, in and out of my breaks, and I think I proved everything I need to do um, in, in the in the route game. Um, obviously, I got to still do some things in the run game and show teams, but you know, I'm, I feel good. This one is Jason Owea, and the second one, Pat Fryermuth. I'm just doing that off the top of my head here. That, that's who it sounded like to me. And Oway can definitely say his best years are ahead of him. He didn't start playing until he was a junior in high school. <laughs> and uh, and Fryermuth is just going to be. He stays healthy. He's going to have a nice, long career. Nice, long career. And Jason's going to have himself a terrific career. It's, uh, speaking of the Hall of Fame, I received this note. I don't understand why you're not pushing me harder for the Shikolami Hall of Fame. I, I usually like stuff like that is supposed to be volunteered and not pushed. I mean, usually, but you know, what, what do I do with that? <laughs> it's a good question. I mean, okay, sure. Uh, if there's a Shikolami Hall of Fame, put the suit in. Okay. okay. Did I do my part? There we go. Yes. Yes. Goodness. There's certain aren't there certain things in life you're not supposed to beg for? Alright, uh <laughs> I can see begging for food or water or something like that, but begging for recognition? I mean like I I you know, I think that uh Shikolami Hall of Fame, there's a presentation. I think it would be a battle between Dave, Richie, and myself as to who would be the presenter. Yes, I would probably agree with that. The Chief would do a marvelous job. By the time I was done, there would be laughter throughout the room. Some of it, which I actually would have said about the suit. <laughs> the show's sums it awful! Up. This show's awful. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Again, Doug texts me how humble he is that I would even mention him. The other guy texts me wondering why I'm not, why I'm not promoting him. I just, I don't, what do I do with this? Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf.